called Friend, Friend, Defining Friendship. John, the eighth chapter. We're in John, the eighth chapter. If you have your Bibles, let's go to John, the eighth chapter, verse number one through 11. John, the eighth chapter, verse number one through 11. The Bible says, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him, and he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in the act, caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group, and they said to Jesus, teacher this woman was caught in the act of adultery in the law of Moses it commands us to stone such woman now what do you say they were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing him but Jesus bent down and started to write on the ground with his finger when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, he stooped down and wrote on the ground at this. Those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you no one sir she said then neither do I condemn you Jesus declared go now and leave your life of sin I want to preach as a spiritual guide from this subject friend a real friend protects a real friend protects look at your neighbor say neighbor if you're my friend you need to protect me Look at the neighbor again and say, neighbor, neighbor. My, job my job is to protect you. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, by the time Jesus gets to Jerusalem, his popularity is on the rise. By this point in the eighth chapter, as Jesus enters the temple, some great things have happened. Word is out that Jesus has turned water into wine. The centurion has spread the word that Jesus has healed his son, even though he was not a Jew. Word has spread that the man that has sat at the pool of Bethesda for 38 years, but at the word of Jesus has been made whole. In fact, the text says in John that 5,000 folk have been witnesses of the power of Jesus because he was able to take sardines and a biscuit and feed everybody and still have leftovers. Yeah. And there is even a rumor that this same Jesus that is getting all this notoriety and popularity can even walk on water. So by the time he gets to Jerusalem, everyone has gathered together to see this man that has done great things. Mostly everyone in the crowd believes, that, believes in him except a small group that rejects that Jesus is the Messiah. You know them. They are the Pharisees and the scribes. They are the ones that believe that Christianity is a white man's religion. They are the ones that believe that all you need is positive energy in order for you to live a great life. I'm down your street already. They are the ones that say all you need to do is burn a little sage and you have to have good energies around you and everything will be wonderful in your life. But, but so, so they rejected Jesus because at every turn he has challenged their religiosity and poked holes in their systematic theology. Preach Philip. He has unveiled 
follow their hypocrisy because Jesus has always made them seem silly in their own eyes. But not today, not today, not today. They have come up with the perfect plan to turn the tables on this Jesus. Jesus has questioned us, but today we gonna get him, okay? They march into a room with two adults who are committing adultery. Grab the woman only. Don't allow her to get dressed. Drag her through the streets of Jerusalem to take her to the temple to throw her at the feet of Jesus. Jesus, the laws of Moses say that this woman who was caught in the act of adultery ought to be stoned. Jesus, what do you say? Because how we see it, you only have two options, Jesus. Either you have to violate the laws of Moses, which proves you are not the Messiah, or you have to authorize us to stone her, which would cause the people not to love you anymore. You missed the two options. You got one side that says either you have to violate the laws of Moses, which prove you are not the Messiah, and by saying no, don't stone her, or the other option is you have to authorize us to stone her, uh, but the people will turn on you and not love you anymore. They said to themselves, oh, we got him now. He's between a rock and a hard place. You missed what I just said. He's between a rock and a hard place. Ah, they said, we got him now. Why? Because the law says in Leviticus 20, verse number 10, if a man commits adultery with another man's wife, with the wife of his neighbor, both the adulterer and the adulteress are to be put to death. But what I love about Jesus is what seems like it like all the options have run out Jesus is a God that always finds another option when it seems like one door has closed you serve a God that knows how to open up a window when it seems like all the options have run out you serve a God that finds another way when it seems like people have counted you out Jesus says I'll be with you I'll never leave you nor forsake you and when they have pronounced that it's all over for you I'll find a way when there is no way I need to take a pause for a cause and find out is anybody in here that say when all the options have run out I serve a God that'll find another option just for me y'all still ain't with me this morning is there anybody in here that say all my options have run out the money has run out my friends have run out people have left me people walked off people talking about me but when all the options have run out I serve a God that'll open up another option in my enemy's face is there anybody in here that can say I serve a God that can give me another option he said teacher this woman has been caught in the act of adultery now in the law of Moses it has commanded us to stone such a woman so what do you say (laughs) here's my first semi point my first semi point is this watch people that want your opinion on other people's sins Watch these people that want your opinion on other people's sin because sometimes you have to remain quiet and long enough to find out what the attentions are of the person that's bringing you the information. How are you going to bring me something for me to respond on a sin when you're committing a sin by bringing it to me? 
Okay, I'm going to work that out in a minute. Because the problem is that her sin, watch this, you walked in with her sin, but the problem Jesus has with them is that her sin ain't the only sin that walked in when y'all came in. God help me. Ah, when you brought her, you also brought your sin as well. Ah, is there anybody in here that say, be careful of always commenting on other people's struggle and other people's issue. Because the more you talk about their struggle and the more you talk about their issue, you, you better include yours along with the conversation. Uh, look at your neighbor, give him a high five and say, get your mouth off me. Uh, you close your mouth because you don't know what I'm going through, what I'm struggling with, and why are you talking about my situation and my life and what I did wrong and how I missed the mark? What did you do wrong and how did you miss the mark? Uh, because some of y'all have missed a, a, a verse in the Bible that says all have sinned and come short of the glory of I feel like preaching this this morning. Because I feel like we got some hypocritical people sitting up in freedom that act like they stuff don't stink and they don't do no wrong. But is there anybody in here that can look down your row and say, all of us have sinned and come short of the glory of God? How dare you want to put an opinion on somebody else's life when you don't include yours in the conversation? See, what I've discovered is you have a choice. Are you going to speak or are you going to listen? Because if you listen longer than you speak, then your words will never get mixed in with somebody else's feelings. <laughs> Slow bus came in here. Let me rewind that but one more time. If you, if you listen longer than you speak, then your words will never get mixed in with someone else's feelings. God, sometimes the only reason they brought the issue to you is for you to co-sign on how they already feel. And I'm mighty scared. We got a lot of co-signers sitting in freedom on today. Oh, God. Co-signing on what somebody else feeling. Co-signing on what somebody else thinking. Co-signing because they brought it to you just long enough for you to say, ain't that a mess? And that's all they needed was a little co-signer on how you feel. Uh, is there anybody here that know what I'm talking about? That sometimes people have a way of bringing you somebody else's mess because they only want you to co-sign on it for them to agree. Uh, I got somebody else that agree with how I feel. No, the devil is a liar. Jesus say just continue to keep writing on the ground. Don't get in the conversation about that co-worker. I'm talking now. Don't respond when they trying to drag that person's name in the mud because when you respond, watch this, unrighteously, then your words are adding fuel to the fire. And here's the tension in the text. The law of adultery that they are referring to in Leviticus 20, which we read, and Deuteronomy 22 is also in there, is a form of the view, is a form of view of a patriarchal society. In other words, when you look at these laws, it comes from a bias of a male-dominated and male-controlled society. And the law was written, watch this, let's teach a little bit. The law was written to protect a husband's property. One of them being his wife. So when another man sleeps with a husband's wife, he has already, he has violated that man's property. So the woman and the man had to be stoned. And Jesus said, you all brought me the woman. But where is the man? So in order for you to have your way, you want me to condemn a woman who broke the law, but you broke the law by bringing her and her alone. 
Because where's homeboy? God gave this to me last night. Come on, let's go. Watch people that have selective sanctity and hypocritical holiness. God help me. Ah, watch these people that are selective in their sanctification but hypocritical in their holiness because when you are condemning someone of their sin, you're forgetting about the sin that you have committed. Isn't it strange how some people will allow the same sin from that person but won't allow it from that person? Ah, how are you being selective in your in your sanctity? How are you being how are you being hypocritical in your holiness how is it that one person they all right with you but the other person you got a problem with it come on you hypocritical spirit you got a man that you love but he lied to you all the time but fall out with somebody that's in your family because they lied to you once you got a man that lied to you every single day but got a friend that lied to you once now you hold a friend at a higher standard but you hold on to the man because that's what you need you can't be selective tight on me now. Oh, I'm coming for you. Ah, because if she has to go down, Jesus is saying, he got to go down as well. God help me. Because the Bible, ladies and gentlemen, I hate to mess you up and I hate to bust your bubble, but the Bible is not a set of binoculars to look at somebody else's life, but it's a mirror to examine your own life. Ah, that's why I come to church. Not to feel good, not to see my friends, not to see what you got on but I came to church in order to get a mirror held up to my face for me to see I'm nothing but filthy rags for me to see I'm a mess for me to see I'm nothing without God for me to see that there is nothing but filthiness in me there's no righteousness that I can make of my own that's why I come to church so when the preacher gets to preaching and he tap dancing all on my toes I can lift my hands and say creating me a clean heart and renewing me a right spirit is there anybody in here that say you can get the house you can get the car you can get the man but give me Jesus I want to be righteous in his eyes I want to be holy before him I want to be pleasing to him I want my worship to put a smile on his face I need you to take the next three seconds lift up your hand and tell the Lord create in me a clean heart see here's the problem here's the problem Here's the problem that they have. Jesus in this moment is exalting himself above the law of Moses. He changes the appointed punishment and he reestablishes righteousness, not on the foundation of works, but on the foundation of grace. Preach, Philip. <sighs> That's what I love about Jesus. That when the enemy comes to make me walk in guilt of what I've done in my past, Jesus comes to give me grace for what I did in my past. God help me. Oh, so when I should hold my head down about the stuff I've done wrong, after I come to Jesus, I receive his grace so that his grace covers all my sin. Is there anybody in here that say, I'm not here based upon how good I live. I'm here based upon the grace of God that's on my life. Oh, the enemy had every right to throw a rock at me. The enemy had every right to stone me. But God God's grace covered me in such a way ah, that where sin abound, grace much 
more a pound. And is there anybody in here that say, I'm thankful for the grace of God that's on my life. I can tell a praiser from a non-praiser because a praiser knows that you ain't been kept because you live so holy and because you've been so good and because you dotted every I and you crossed every T and you did all the right stuff. There's some of you that say, since I came to Jesus, I done found myself in a mess, but it's the grace of God that's been covering my life that that's why I praise him the way I do and that's why I lift him up the way I do because if it had not been for the grace of God on my life I would have been wiped away a long time ago but I need somebody in here to give God just about a little bit of praise for the grace that's on your life God I thank you for that oh. and 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 Here's the struggle. Here's the struggle. Here's the struggle. What I'm discovering about friendship. Watch this. I didn't, I didn't put this on the screen, but you need to hear this. Here's what I've discovered about friendship. Jesus being a friend. Here's what I've discovered about friendship. Blood might make you related, but loyalty makes you family. <laughs> see, 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 see. Um, 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 there's some of us that don't realize that even though they are kin to you, um, even though they may share your last name, it does not mean that they're actually family because family is proven in loyalty. Can you be with me in the ups and the downs? Can you ride with me when I'm right and I'm wrong. God help me. Let me take a moment right there. Because I remember, I remember years ago, I remember years ago, I remember years ago, my pastor said something to me that messed me up. He said something to me that messed me up. A uh, lady got up and said, you know, pastor, I'm with you all the way. I'm with you to the end. As long as you right. <laughs> That's how some of y'all feel. <laughs> I'm with you as long as you right. He got up behind her and said, daughter, now, he was, she was older than him. Daughter, hate to bust your bubble, but I ain't right. So I need to find out, are you going to still ride with me? Because friendship is proven not because we go to the same church, not because we got the same last name, not because we got the same color of skin. It's really proven by how loyal you can be. Jesus says, I'm protecting her through my loyalty. So, Jesus, what you say? What, what, what you say about this? We found her caught in the act of adultery. Now, I had to argue with the text because I had to realize the location of where they're speaking from. They are talking while they are in the temple. They found her in, the, in, in adultery, but they brought her, watch this, to the temple and laid her at the feet of Jesus. Now, I thought that was a good thing until I had to investigate the text a little closer. Here's, the, here's what I had to see in the text. Watch this. Um, if they found her in the act of adultery, it means that they were peeking. And I think that we got a problem in the body of Christ with people peeking in social media. I 
think we got a problem nowadays with peeking at other people's lives. God help me. Because now we have comparison Christianity. Preach, Philip. I feel like preaching now. Ah, oh, you are a greater Christian as long as you better than somebody else. And you compare yourself against what somebody else doing and say, well, I didn't do that. As if that makes your morality any better than anybody else. I need to say it one more time because some of you still ain't got it yet. I said the Bible says all oh, have sinned and come short of the glory of the God, of God. And if you are only comparing yourself against somebody else to declare how righteous you are, then you in a bad state of affairs. I can't compare how holy I am based upon your holiness. I got to compare how holy I am based upon God's holiness. And when I see how holy he is and how unholy I am, it makes me want to live something better than what I was living before. Is there anybody here that say, I ain't in this church thing trying to compare myself against you. I'm in this church thing because I'm trying to live right for God. I'm not in this church thing trying to make you be impressed with how I live my life. I'm in this church thing because I want God to be pleased with my worship. Is there anybody in here that say, God, I want to be pleasing before you. So, real friends, protect. Jesus, how did you protect her? So glad you asked. Watch this. How did you protect her? Jesus begins to write on the ground. What you say, Jesus? Jesus, she was caught in the act of adultery. She should be stoned. What you say? Here's how you, a friend protects. Watch this. Here we go. Here go the first point. Jesus protected her by ignoring her foes. Okay. All right. All right. All right. See, this writing on the ground is a subtle way of how Jesus started to ignore them. Have you ever had an experience where you're talking to somebody and it's like they don't hear nothing you're saying? And you have to stop them and say, hey, do you hear me? Uh, uh, do I have any mother out there? That after so many, mama, 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 ma, ma, mama, what do you do? After a while, you don't say not a word. Watch this. Jesus protected her by ignoring her foes. Hmm. Can I ask you a question? Um, 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 if you're really a friend, watch this. Are you ignoring the accusations they are bringing up before you? Or are you indulging in them? Because I have a question for you. Watch this. This woman is standing there, and I saw this from the woman's perspective. Watch this. This thing messed me up. Which voice will you listen to, the critic or Christ? Because I'm mighty scared our spirits are getting infected by the critics, but we're never listening to the voice of the Lord. Because sometimes God will have you pray for people and then it seems like nothing is changing and nothing is happening. And God is saying, are you going to listen to the critic or are you going to listen to Christ? Because Christ says, I see something greater in this woman. You found her in sin, but I'm getting ready to liberate her out of her sin. You found her in a mess, but I'm getting ready to do something in her life. And I don't need your criticism on their life in order for me to protect them. Watch this. Jesus protected her by ignoring her foes. Here's the second thing. Jesus protected her by not exposing her failures. Mm. 
This is the generation that loves to put people on blast. This is the generation where we put posts on social media. Instead of going to that person ourselves, God help me. I feel like preaching now. Ah, oh, Jesus protected her by not exposing her failures. Because Jesus wanted them to see not, not, not one of you in this circle is qualified to judge her. Not one of you. Here's what messed me up. Let me just argue with this text just for a minute. Let me tell you what messed me up. A couple of weeks ago, was last week, week before last, whenever it was, I preached about the woman at the well. And here's what messed me up. How is that Jesus uncovered the woman at the well, but not exposing the woman caught in the act of adultery? I was confused by this. Because didn't the text say that he was talking to the woman at the well? He, he said, go call your husband. She said, I have no husband. He said, you're right, you got five. And the one you with is the situation. Jesus, how you call that woman out, but you didn't call this one out? I was confused by that because that was just a few chapters ago. How is it that you put the woman caught at, at the well, and, uh, you put her on blast, but this woman that was caught in the act of adultery, you say nothing. Here we go. You ready? Because there's a difference between public exposure and private confrontation. I feel like preaching now. See, a real friend knows how to grab their friend hand and say, let me talk to you one-on-one. -on -one. But I don't have to go and call 17 people and ask everybody else about what they doing. The devil is a liar. I know how to go to you one-on-one. -on -one. The woman at the well was by herself. But this woman caught in the act of adultery had a crowd. And God is saying, let me dismiss the crowd in order to deal with this woman one-on-one. -on -one. Is there anybody in here that say, when God could have exposed me, and put me on blast and put all my business out in the streets he dealt with me while I was at home crying my eyes out over the sin and foolishness that I had committed is there anybody in here that say I'm so grateful that I serve a God that covered me when I was wrong and covered me in my mess and covered me when I lied and covered me when I did dirt and covered me when I slept with it and covered me when I went the wrong place I'm so glad I serve a God that dealt with me privately and didn't put me on public I feel a praise right there because some of y'all think because you got away with it that God must have didn't see it but is there anybody here that knows that God saw it he was right there but he still covered me in the midst of it I need for you to give God a little bit of praise now this ain't for everybody because some of y'all think you ain't done nothing wrong but I need for those that believe like pastor that you got a rap sheet you done did all kind of stuff some dirty ways that people don't even know you been to I need for you to give God glory that God covered you in your mess he hid you in the midst of his pavilion he hid you under the shadow of the almighty he hid you when the enemy wanted to take you out I need you to give God glory for how he hid you I'm almost done watch this he protected her watch this by ignoring her foes he protected her by not exposing her failures. But thirdly, he protected her by discerning their feelings. <laughs> Jesus protected her by not exposing the woman's failures, but by exposing their motives. Okay. Because the text tells you they didn't even care about this woman. They were actually coming after Jesus. 
minute. Stay with me. Uh-uh. Sometimes, ladies and gentlemen, you need to be unbothered by what people bring you on your friends. <laughs> Sometimes you need to be unbothered. Here's the reason why. Because your unbotheredness is, a, is an indication. Watch this. That you're sitting back long enough to find out. Why are you bringing me this in the first place? Oh, God. Because here's what I've discovered. Sometimes they're not really after the person they're talking about. They're after you by getting you in the mix about the person they're talking about. God help me. So Jesus protected her by discerning their feelings. Oh, I see. You using this woman as a ploy. You using her as a piece in your, in your play right now. But I got to discern your feelings on why you're bringing this. Are you really concerned? Watch this. Because if you were really concerned, you would have prayed before you gossiped. Y'all getting quiet on me now. See, see, see. If you were really concerned, you would have re reached out before you started saying stuff. He says, I had, to I had to protect her by discerning their feelings. Okay. So, Jesus... How are you protecting her? Jesus reached down, starts to write in the ground. Now, here's what I love about the text. No theologian, no commentary, no place anywhere can tell you what he wrote in the sand. No, there's nowhere you will find where it says what he wrote. But if I use my preacher license and I eisegete the text just for a minute, it would behoove you that the text says that the older left first and all the way to the younger ones. Watch this. Here's what messed me up. Um, if you left, it must have meant that whatever he wrote in the ground must have now hit you. In other words, you came to me with Leviticus 22. You came to me with Leviticus 20 and Deuteronomy 22. But Jesus said, let me write on this ground what you done did wrong. God help me right through this. He said, watch this. Sometimes I have to make your enemies out of a liar. But while they're talking about you, I'll then turn around and make them eat their own words by exposing them to themselves. Okay, let me go ahead and put this right out there. God told me to prophesy to some of you that you got some people that got their mouth on you. God said they're getting ready to eat every word because I'm getting ready to show them exactly who they are right in your face. Oh, God. Is there anybody in here that say, God, write the script. Go ahead. Do what you got to do because I believe that whoever uh, no weapon that's formed against me shall be able to prosper and he will condemn the tongues of those that put their mouth on you. Is there anybody in here that know that, the, that God has a way that sometimes the people that got the most criticism, God will flip the script and he'll make the last first and the first last. Oh, they talking about you today, but you better hold on a little while longer. Talk about me how I ain't got no money and talk about me in my ways. Talk about how I missed the mark, but is there anybody in here that say, keep your eye on me because God going to flip the script after a while and the same words you put out there, you're going to have to eat it. I'm here to announce to somebody 
and God's getting ready to make your enemy eat every word that they've spoken over your life. Is there anybody in here that say, God, I thank you that everything that's been spoken against me, you're going to make all liars a liar. You're going to make all truth be truth. You're going to tell it, God, like it really is. her. Here's what Jesus did. Jesus, they wrote it and they walked away. And the first thing the text says is that he got up and he faced her. When he was talking to them, he was on the ground. When he talked to her, he got up and faced her. Jesus faced her. After Jesus cleared the temple of her accusers, the text says that he stands back up and faces the woman. Why? Because, watch this, Jesus was the only one that was qualified to face her. Can I ask you a question? Do you have any friends in your life that are qualified to face you? Or is every friend in your life still bent down? Is there any person in your life that you honor long enough to face you face to face in order to tell you the truth? Because here's what I've discovered. Sometimes we learn how to surround ourselves by people that we think are beneath us. Because we don't want anybody to face us. Ooh. And Jesus says, I have to face you. I have to put you eyeball to eyeball and tell you who you really are. God, help me. Uh, is there anybody in your life that they can look at you right in your face and say, you need to stop all that lying? You need to stop all that? Or do you fall out with every person that ever tries to stand up level to level to, to you and tell you the truth? Because here's what I've discovered. We live in a generation now that anything we don't like, we get rid of. So we fall out with them. Look at your neighbor eyeball to eyeball and tell a neighbor, God sent me to face you, to tell you, get your stuff together. Oh, God, help me, help me, help me, help me, help me. I know you were uncomfortable when I said that. I know you didn't like that. How dare they speak to me that way? How dare they tell me that? How dare they look at me? But Jesus said, is there anybody in your life that can look at you eyeball to eyeball and tell you to get yourself together? You got to cut this foolishness out. Your attitude sucks. Stop coming in here late. Come on, is there anybody in here that can look at you eyeball to eyeball and tell you the truth? Or are you making everybody still be stooped down and they can't talk to you eyeball to eyeball is there anybody in here that's saying 2019 give me somebody that can tell me the truth that can get in my face and tell me get yourself together I need a friend that can face me number one Jesus faced her but here's number two Jesus forgave her Jesus forgave her watch this Jesus was the only qualified to face her and Jesus was the only one watch this qualified to stone her. But Jesus, the crowd wanted to condemn her, but Jesus had compassion on her. Because a real friend don't condemn you. A real friend knows all about you and still loves you anyway. God help me. Oh, I know the amen's getting low right here. I expected them because now we have people that they only know us so much because we scared that if they know who we really are, they ain't going to love us anymore. But how many of you say, I don't need a friend that got conditional love. 
I need a friend that got unconditional love. Okay, okay, I got to tell the truth. I know it ain't 11.30, but let me talk like it's 11.30. I need a friend that I could cuss out and then call the day later and say, I'm sorry, God, is there anybody in here? See, y'all don't like that kind of talk. You don't like that. You don't like that. Is there anybody in here that can say, I could have a friend I could fall out with, and three days later, what you doing? Nothing what you doing. Ah, why? Because a real friend knows who you are and loves you anyway. Is there anybody in here that say, I don't need friends that love me as long as I'm performing for them. I don't need friends that love me as long as I'm doing everything they want me to do but I need some ride or die people that's going to be with me through the thick and through the thin through the ups and through the downs I need some people that'll be with me if I'm robbing a bank honey you driving a getaway car I need some people with me that'll sell me and Louise with me all the way is there anybody in here that say I need some real friends in my life God help me Text says, watch this, you were wrong, but I forgive you. You were wrong, but I forgive you. And my forgiveness is the only forgiveness that really matters. I, 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 I love you enough to forgive you. I love you enough, come on, hear this, to face you. Thirdly, and I'm done, Jesus freed faced her, he forgave her, but then he freed her. Pastor, how did he forgive? How did he free her? By getting the people away? No. Because watch this. Now her life has been put on display, which means even after her encounter with Jesus, the people still going to talk. Oh, y'all don't know that people still talk? Even after the situation is over? Come on, let me talk to some real people. Is there anybody here that somebody ever brought you some mess from stuff that happened a long time ago and you saying, are you still on that? Look at your neighbor and say, you still on that? Oh, God. He faced her. He forgave her. But then he freed her. He didn't free her because he got rid of her critics. He freed her by his last statement. Here we go. Go and sin no more. I'm freeing you from your past guilt and your past. Watch this. But I'm freeing you for your future to let you know that even though you messed up I feel the Holy Ghost right there you can still have another chance God help me that even though you missed the mark it ain't over for you God help me and is there anybody in here that say I done messed up many times over and over again but I'm glad I serve a God that loves me enough to give me another chance I need the praises right there that say I done messed up over and over again but he didn't give me one chance he didn't give me two chance he didn't give me three chances but I serve a God that gave me another chance and another chance because I serve a God that gives me more chances than I'm willing to admit. Is there anybody in here that say I'm grateful to God that my mistakes from my past didn't, ain't going to impede my future. I serve a God that can say go and sin no more. Is there anybody in here that say I'm free? Praise the Lord I'm free because it doesn't matter what I did in my past and it doesn't matter how I messed up yesterday and it doesn't matter how I messed up three days ago and it doesn't matter how I messed up last 
last year. I serve a God that gave me another chance and I need to know are there any praises in this house that you know that Jesus is a friend of yours that freed you and gave you another chance. I still ain't got a church yet. Is there anybody in here that can lift up a praise because you serve a God Ah, that when you messed up he gave you another chance and when you messed up he gave you another chance. I don't praise him for the house. I don't praise him for a car. I don't praise him for a man. I don't praise him for the job. I praise him that he gave me another chance. I praise him because he gave me another opportunity. I praise him because he gave me another way to get through. I praise him because he gave me another day to go further. Is there anybody in here that can say, God, I thank you for another chance in my life. Somebody lift up your hands. Open up your mouth and give God glory that he gave you another chance. Give him glory because he freed me for me to go further. Now, some of you, this don't mean nothing, but there's some of you in here that say, God, I needed to hear that today. Because sometimes your mistakes from your past can live in your present that will impede your future. But Jesus said, watch this, go. Mm, Can I deal with the go just for a minute? See, I love that, I love that, I love that, I love that. Watch this, go, watch this, and live your life again. Hey, God, go and get it together one more time, God. Go, come on, I know you messed up on your credit, but go and get it together again. Go, I know your reputation is bad, but but put one foot in front of the other. Square your shoulders back and hold your head up high. Walk right past the people that was talking about you. Walk right past the people that was dogging you. In fact, lift your hands and praise your God right in the midst of them looking at you and say hey 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 I give God glory are you looking at me it's all right I'm still gonna praise him I need some people in here that say I know how to praise him because God gave me another opportunity and another chance to get it right again I give him glory he says go and sin no more go and sin no more. Here's the beauty behind that. A real friend can confront you. Watch this. But not only confront you about your stuff, but hold you accountable about your future. And here's what I've discovered. We don't like to be held accountable. We want to do what we want when we want. And we don't want anybody to say anything to us. God is saying in this next season that I'm bringing you into, accountability means everything. You ready for this? God says you will only get lifted to the level of your accountability. This renegade spirit that some of y'all got, that you do what you want, when you want, how you want, and don't not nobody ever say nothing to you. God says get ready for 2020 to look like 2019. Because I can only move you to the extent of how, how high you will be held accountable. Can I face you? Can I forgive you? And can I free you enough so that you can be accountable for your future? Grab the hand of your neighbor. I want you to look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, by this time next year, you will not be in the same place. 
Look at them and say, neighbor, neighbor. I'm holding you accountable. There's greatness on the inside of you. There's more on the inside of you. God says, go and sin no more. There's more ahead of you. God help me. Come on, encourage them. Say, there's more ahead of you. There's more. There's more. There's more. There's more. God is not done with you yet. It's not over for you yet. There's more even after this. I need a praiser right there. God says, I'm going to hold you accountable 365 days from the day. Get ready for your life to be in a whole new place. Is there anybody in here that say, hold me accountable. I'm going to be closer to out of debt. I'm going to be closer to my house. I'm going to be closer to the blessing that God got for me. I'm I'm going to be walking in the anointing that God got on my life. There's greatness on the inside of me. And I'm going further than I ever was in my past. My past can't hold me. My issues can't keep me. I'm going further in my life. Everybody's standing. I'm done. God is saying, can I hold you accountable? Go and sin no more. I'm protecting you by facing you I'm protecting you by forgiving you and I'm protecting you by freeing you I didn't know what true friendship was until I had to forgive watch this not only the offender but I had to also forgive the offendee watch this I had to forgive myself for allowing my spirit to be pulled in a direction that contradicted my love I said I had for them. That was too heavy for some of y'all. Because sometimes when we get offended, we let the spirit of offense rule over the love we say we have for that person. And God is saying, if you're going to love them, you got to love the good and the bad. If they're assigned to your life, whether they make you happy or not, you still got to love them. God is saying a real friend protects. Stop putting stuff on social media, expecting them to get it. Put your, put your uh, big girl panties on, big boy panties. Well, I, mean, I hope you ain't got on no panties. <laughs> And go have a conversation one-to-one -one with that person. Here's what I've discovered. People that don't like accountability will then call you confrontational. Because they've never been taught how to talk things through. What they've taught, been taught is, watch this. What goes on in my house stays in my house. When you get in the store, don't ask me for nothing. Keep your mouth closed. Shut up. Don't say nothing. That's what we've been taught. So when it's time to have a grown folks conversation, we don't know how to have it. Because our pathology has been, don't say nothing. But God is calling us to another level that if we're going to protect one another, we need to have adult conversations with one another. Wives, don't walk around the house three days not speaking. Y'all ain't giving no amens, wives. husband when she asks you what's wrong don't say nothing have grown folk conversations there's somebody in church that offended you 
Go to them. Not call this person. Not put that post out there. Call them. Say, let's talk. Well, Pastor, you don't understand how my attitude is set up. Pray that God kill that. Because what that says is you are too immature to handle grown folks' business. A real friend protects one another. No, you ain't finna talk about my friend. No. We're not finna have that conversation. Did you speak to them first? Watch this. This is how you really shut down the whole conversation. Did you pray about it? Well, you know, I can't, you know. And then they'll lie to you. Yeah, I pray. You didn't pray. You ain't even got no prayer life. You don't pray for you. I feel the Lord just cutting people in the spirit. Just cut you. God is saying, protect one another. I have never understood in all the times that I've been a pastor, I've never understood how people can come to church, be in the same ministry, under the same vision, and fight the wrong enemy. Half the time, the devil don't have to do nothing to the church because the church tearing the church up itself. And while we're rebuking the enemy, we won't rebuke our attitudes. And the devil sitting back saying, I ain't do none of that. That was y'all. God is saying, we got to protect one another. Should nobody be able to talk about your family? Should nobody be able to talk about your husband, your wife? Not in your presence. Because it's your job to protect. God is calling us to protect one another. Grab the hand of your neighbor. Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you, God, that even in the midst of our mess, you still give us a message. That even when we miss the mark, you forgive us. You give us another chance. For that, we tell you thank you. God, we pray right now for a level of maturity. We pray that you rise us up to the place where we can be mature in the spirit. Where we don't tear down our families, our churches, our, our working environments through gossip and through mess. But God, we know how to go one-on-one -on -one to that person and say, let's have a conversation. Raise us up, God, so that we are pleasing in how we handle. Because God, at the end of the day, we are your representatives in this earth. That when they look at us, they should see the God in us. So God created us a clean heart and renewing us a right spirit. I will not put my mouth on my brother and my sister. I will go to that person one-on-one. -on -one. I will pray for them. I will seek understanding. I will make sure that we get back to the same vision for this relationship. God, we thank you now, and we bless you. God, I pray right now as the pastor of these people that you raise us to the level, give us the courage, God, to have conversations that we need to have. That wherever the mess is, God, clean it up now. 
Help us, God, not to be loose with our mouths and loose with our words and loose with the stuff we put on social media. But God, every time we go to do something that displeases you, convict, convict our hearts, convict our spirits. Shut us down, God, when it don't please you because we want to be right before you. We thank you and we bless you in Jesus' name. Let go of your neighbor's hand, every head bowed. If you don't know Jesus for yourself, if you're unsure of your salvation, you never confess the Lord Jesus Christ, you can come at this time. This is your opportunity. This is your time.